Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. This is the Good Success Podcast. I am your host, Kwame Selber. In Hebrew, success is defined as wisdom, understanding, and to prosper. And I believe that God's Word has the key for all believers to have the wisdom to prosper in their homes, their careers, their ministries, and their overall Christian life. So join me as we have practical conversations on how to have good success in every area of your Christian life. I love caller ID. Yep, I said it. I admit it. I love being able to look down at my phone and know who was calling before I answer it. So I was like, who created this? This I wanted to meet this person. I wanted to know who this person was. And I was thinking it was someone way back sometime or whatever. But it was actually created by a brilliant lady. And when I say brilliant, she is brilliant, by the name of Dr. Shirley Jackson. So I would encourage you to look her up and, and kind of get a little bit of her bio. But she created this thing that helps us to know who is calling and helps us to be prepared on how to answer that call. What if... Your phone rang, and as you looked at it, the caller ID read, the Lord God. Folks, today we're going to have a great discussion on the call of God. Now, the fact of the matter is, in my opinion, I believe God is still calling. But the question I wonder sometimes is, are people answering? So, we looked at, uh, I looked at 1 Samuel chapter 3, and I encourage you to read it. Great passage of scripture. When Samuel was a young man under the tutelage of Eli the priest, and Samuel thought that when God called him, the Bible says in verse, in verse number 4, the Lord, that the Lord called Samuel. And then later on, uh, it says in verse 5 that he went to Eli, thinking it was Eli that called him. And I just thought, you know what? It's amazing how sometimes we can make those mistakes and confusions between whether it's God calling us to do something or whether it's man. So today I want to encourage you. We have one of my mentors who has been a great influence in my life to help us discuss and to figure out, is God calling you? What is the calling of God? What should you do if he's called you? And so I hope that you enjoy and learn from this podcast today on the call of God. Folks, I am excited to introduce to you Pastor Gary Hanna. Pastor Gary Hanna was born on the island of Acklands in the Bahamas. And for our non-Bahamian guests who will be listening to this, please note the Bahamas has 700 islands. So he was born in Acklands, but he grew up in Nassau, which is the capital city which most people know about. He accepted Jesus Christ as his personal savior at the age of 20. And he is married to his better half, the wonderful Mrs. Rochelle Hannah, and they have been married for 36 years. 
they have two living sons and they also lost a son at an early age, Garrett, but they also now have two sons, Gary, who is the oldest son, he's an educator here in Nassau, and Garvin, who is married to Emily and they live in the States and he is a, works at a financial institution and they have two beautiful children. He has been the pastor of Lighthouse Baptist Church in San Salvador in the Bahamas for the past 25 years. And as you're listening to this in October, we're doing this interview in October of 2021. Uh, they are celebrating their 25th anniversary this entire month. One special thing I'd say about Pastor Hannah is he is who I consider to be uh, my greatest mentor. Um, when I was at the tender age of 13 and in those teen years, he truly stepped in and was a godly male figure that helped me and steered me in the right direction. And I can honestly say God has used him tremendously in my life. So ladies and gentlemen, please with me, welcome Pastor Gary Hanna. <laughs> Pastor Hanna, say hello to the people. Hello, everybody, and good afternoon, Brother Kwame. It's good to be here with you guys today. Great, great, great. We are, we're glad that you are able to join us, and I just want to let the folks know one of the things I said that I really felt the Lord wanted me to do when, when I started this podcast is to start with people I know and start with people who have, who have impacted my life. And so um, on this episode, we are grateful to have Pastor Hannah. But Pastor Hannah, we got to find out, man. We got to know what is it that, that is funny about your life, something funny about your life. Now, we asked Mrs. Hannah, and she said that you like to tell jokes, but you're not very funny. Is that correct or is that incorrect? Um, I guess it's correct if she say so, but I know one thing, she's always laughing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And you know how to, you know how to make a lot of people laugh. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll take that for this time, but next time we may have to find something else. But it's great to have you with us. As we delve into this topic, what is the call of God? And I think, I truly believe your life um, pretty much exemplifies this because of the different transitions that you had to make. So we're going to get ready and head into our first question, which is, what is the call of God? All right, Pastor Hannah. So let's start with the basics and let's try to set a foundation for this topic, the call of God, with what is the call of God? How would you define that? Okay, yeah, thank you, Brother Kwame. Yeah, I would define the call of God as an in, inward conviction that God is calling you or inviting you to do a particular work in the ministry. Now, I like to explain it like this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, you would find these, these verse, verses. It says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Now, when I think about the call of God as defined for a specific part of his ministry, I like to start with from the point when somebody called upon the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Absolutely. When they get saved, then um, the Bible describes them as being called to be saints. And that's when they, um, I'd like to let, put it say, they are placed in a church, in, in a church. And then when they are in a church and begin to work and get busy in the church and their gifts are manifested and they even get to know it, 
then God calls them to a specific work that he wants them to do in particular. And so when I define the call of God as a particular um, work that God has called you personally to do, it's after you've gotten saved, after you've been in church busy for a while, and then your gift come to fore, and God asks you, invites you, calls you to a specific task that he wants you to do. That's how I define the call of God. He okay. literally speaks to your spirit and asks you personally to do a specific work. Excellent, excellent. And would you say that there's an age limit on this or do you think God can call from young, old, middle age? Um, if I was to just go by practical experience, I would say um, when somebody is matured, then God calls them to send them somewhere. Um, in particular, if, if it's especially if it's in the mission field. But I believe, um, like the scripture would have spoken about Timothy, you know, from a child, he's known the scripture, which is able to make him wise. And then even from a child, um, if I understand right, God had something specific for him to do. I don't know if he understood it, but he grew to the place where God used him specifically. So in our day and time, there's, I would say after you've grown and matured a little bit in the Christian faith, God calls you specifically to a um, task. Okay, yeah, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. And, and, and the last answer as we, we finish up on the, just the foundation of the call of God, and we may get into this a little bit later, but I'm looking around at, at our churches. And when I say our churches, I'm just talking about in general. And, and maybe it's me, maybe I'm not looking in the right places, but I don't see a lot of people answering to a call in full-time ministry. And, and of course, we understand that God can call in different areas. But today we're specifically talking about, you know, pastoring, missionary, missionary teacher, missionary evangelist, those type of ministries. Uh, so do you think God has stopped calling? Or do you think people have stopped answering? I do not think that God has stopped calling. I don't think God's plan for evangelism and evangelizing the world has stopped. Um, I would like to speak from this angle. When I was called, I grew up in a church that placed um, premium emphasis on worldwide evangelism, local evangelism. Of course, soul winning, and we put a lot of emphasis on training. We had plenty of missions conferences. And so through, through preaching and the word of God and the conviction that comes from continually keeping before the eyes of the folk in the church, the idea of God needs men and women to go to the mission field and share the gospel is what I think we need to put a lot more emphasis on in the church today. And so maybe a lot of the um, young folks are not surrendering to full-time Christian work in that area. It might just be because not so much emphasis is being placed on it. All right. Good thoughts. Okay, Pastor Hannah, that's, that was great. Thank you for that information. Now to our next question is how to, how to prepare for the call of God. And like you said, there comes a time of maturity, spiritual maturity, could even be social maturity. Different things have to happen in a person's life. And then we say, okay, now God begins to lay a burden on their heart or calling on their life. But let's take your life, for example, you got saved. And 
a few years later, and you could tell us how much, but a few years later, you went from being a new Christian, a new convert, to then becoming the assistant pastor of, of New Testament Baptist Church. So tell us kind of what were some of the things that you did during that period to help to prepare you from a new convert to prepare you to being an assistant pastor? Okay, thank you, Brother Kwame, for that question. I would just like to start that off by saying I was led to the Lord by a young man from Baptist Bible by the name of Sheldon Williams, who was attending Landmark Bible College, and he was home for the summer. And he came by a house where I was and shared the gospel with me, and I accepted Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. So that's how I got saved. Amen. During that, during that summer, he discipled me and um, helped me to sort of like get grounded. Of course, he was from Baptist Bible Church, and he invited me to come to Baptist Bible, but I went to New Testament Baptist Church and joined there. When I went to New Testament Baptist Church, I got involved in the various ministries, um, anywhere from the usher ministry to the soul winning ministry to the marriage ministry, um, Sunday school ministry. I was a Sunday school teacher. And then Pastor would um, always send me to various conferences um, as the Sunday school teacher and as a deacon. And then he would take us to various conferences. And so I was actively involved in various ministries of the church. And um, that's how I was exposed and got some um, exposure, of course. And then um, he would have taken us to a particular conference in Hammond, Indiana at Dr. Jack Harris Church and First Baptist Church there called Pastor School. And we would have been exposed to the different ministries of that church. And the idea was to go down there and find out as much as we possibly can that we can implement at our church to help the ministry be more effective. And so I was really involved in the work and, and it could be from anything from the social aspect of the church where we would have basketball games, triathlons, um, softball tournaments, we would go fishing. The whole idea was spending time with the members of the church, going soul winning, fellowshipping, um, doing different things in the ministry. And it was just being busy and active in church from the moment that I got saved, the moment that I joined the church until um, sort of, I, how can I say, my gifts started to um, show, show forth or, or come to the fort. And then um, I remembered when at the conference at, at Jackass Church, I felt a call on my life uh, to give myself to full-time Christian work. And it was at First Baptist Church in Harmony, Indiana, that I walked the aisle and dedicated myself to full-time Christian work. Of course, I had to come back home and tell my wife, um, because when I left Nassau to go to Indiana, I left there as a plumber. That was my profession. And um, yeah, so there was a long drive back home to tell her. But when I told her, um, she was fine with it. And um, so I told pastor, of course, and, and then I became the assistant pastor of the church. Okay. Okay. So, so I guess if we were to sum up kind of what you said, we could say one of the things that you did right after salvation is that you got active in church. Um, you started doing the different ministries. So if there's someone who was listening and they're like, okay, what do I do? Uh, I would say sitting down and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but sitting down, waiting on this call, so to speak, to come through and just sitting there doing nothing is not the right way of going about it. But the, the best way or the right way 
is to just get involved, get active, join different ministries. You may even join a ministry and maybe after two, three months, you find out, hey, that's not really uh, what, I, what I feel comfortable with or what I enjoy doing or where my strengths are. But that's fine because you're, you're honing your skills, you're getting involved in ministry. And so we would say, I, I, from what I gathered, the first thing you would say would be to get involved in ministry. Is that correct? Yes, I would say get get involved in ministry. The key to getting involved in ministry is you you start to build muscles um, working in church and doing spiritual things. And the more you do that, you, you get stronger than, stronger in it and have a desire to do more. And as you get that desire to do more, then it's almost like the Lord starts to speak to you about specifics. This is what your strength is, and I want you to concentrate on this area. Okay, okay. And I, I guess I'll back up just a little bit. I know you did not say it, but I know, you know, knowing you, I understand that uh, what your mind would be about this. But really, even before the getting involved in church service and church ministry, they should be developing their own Christian walk personally, uh, individually away. And I think that's kind of when you were talking about, um, of course, Pastor Shelton Williams, who was discipling you, that that was also a part. So it was not just, okay, let me just start doing these different ministries uh, publicly, but you were getting discipled and learning about your relationship with Christ privately. You, you would agree with that? Yes, yes. I would say not only learning about it, but developing it. Um, one thing we must always remember as young people, the church don't call us. The Lord calls mm, us. That's good. And, and we could get very caught up in just trying to go along the lines of what's going on in church, but we don't have any personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll just give you an example. I was talking about it the other day. Um, it is said that most of the preachers that graduated from Hiles Anderson College because they heard Dr. Jack Hiles so much, and he had a throat problem. And every time he preached, he used to like be... <clears throat> And um, they got so caught up in trying to be him that when they started to preach, they would start, <clears throat> wow. nothing, wrong with their, nothing wrong with their throat. But that was because they got caught up on the personality of the preacher. Sometimes we get caught up on the on the church, what, what the body seemed to be portraying, and then we just start mimicking them. But what we need to do is develop an intimate personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and learn to hear from him. And that comes through reading the scripture, prayer, medicate, meditation, and um, just waiting to hear from God. So when I talk about the call of God on my life, it was not so much Pastor Adam sent me or New Testament Baptist Church sent me. They were the ones that eventually gave me the letter to go out. But the call came from God. And I had to tell them, God called me to go and be a missionary. So it has to be your relationship with God you hear from God. All right. Sounds good. Okay. That was some good answers. And, and I see where we're, we're laying the foundation. We, we have the call of God. It's, it's that urging that, that God laying that burden on your heart to do something for him specifically. And then we recognize there was that preparation. There was the personal individual preparation, the discipleship and putting yourself under uh, Pastor Shelton Williams and, and then um, also being actively involved in ministries around your church. But I, I want to hone in a little bit on that day or that evening, the specific time when God called. Like, was there things happening? Were there things happening prior to that day that kind of gave you an indication that, okay, something's happening? 
or did it all happen that one day? What, what happened or what transpired specifically around that specific day and time of your call when God called you to full-time ministry? Okay. Yes. Thank you for the coming. Yeah. Like I would say, you know, the mere fact that I was at that conference, it was because I wanted to serve the Lord and to learn more about his service. And so at that conference, um, we would always be challenged to do more for the Lord. And uh, that night, Jack Hiles had preached from Esther. And the message was, if I perish, I perish. And he was speaking about the fact that God needs more workers and God needs people to stand up for him. And he challenged us in the message to come forward and, and take a stand for God and dedicate ourselves to serving him, um, even if it means we perish. Now, that, that resonated with me because when I went up to the conference, of course, I was a plumber by trade. My wife was working in an offshore bank and we were making a pretty hefty sum of money. And I was thinking, if I give my life to full-time Christian work, if I surrender, um, we're not going to be able to make that money anymore. And so the, mm. if I perish, wow. I perish right. was in relation to the financial loss I would possibly suffer if I quit job, um, surrender to full-time Christian work, and um, yeah, I'll lose my income. And so I just couldn't rest. I, I always describe it like this. I was in the balcony and I was sitting down and the Spirit of God was convicting me. And I was just trying to push it back, push it back, cast it off, cast it off. But as I was going through all that, I was just rocking from side to side on that on that pew and until the pew almost like it got hot. <laughs> and I said, I said, hey, listen, I, I'm just going to let go and let God. I'm just going to um, do what I really sense he's calling me to do. And I walked the aisle um, and um, I surrendered to full-time Christian work right there. Um, it wasn't, I didn't get, the peace right there. I know I got over that hump where I surrendered. And like I said, when I left home, I left home a plumber. I left home a deacon in the church and serving in the ministry. But now I have to go home and tell my family, my wife in particular, that I have surrendered to God's call to full-time Christian work. She is a matured Christian at that time. And uh, when I got home, I, I, I just was trying to see how she's going respond to respond to this. And anyhow, when I told her, I, we still laugh at it now. If you hear my voice, the, she said, that's fine. He said, the only thing, only problem I have is you can't shout. And so I say, <laughs> I say if that's the only problem, that's no problem because the Lord will use whatever it is he calls. And so, yeah, that's that's how I got from, from um, that on that day, that specific day, I was at Jack Hiles, um Church and I surrendered there. God calling me after a message if I perish, I perish from the book of Esther. Okay, okay. And uh, so now what we're going to do, because of course I know the story a little bit. So that was the first initial, or I should say really the initial calling to full-time ministry. And then you became the assistant pastor of New Testament Baptist Church. Did you leave plumbing altogether? Um, I, went, I went into the church um, as a full-time minister the church hired me and hired me and they paid me a salary uh did i leave plumbing altogether i would say i would have taken some side jobs and stuff like that to keep some of the finances coming but the emphasis had shifted 
from the profession of plumbing to full-time service for the Lord. And of course, um, in the full-time service for the Lord, just working alongside Pastor Adams, um, I, I just got some exposure in all the different aspects of ministry, anywhere from hospital visits to counseling, marriage, whether it be marriage counseling, family counseling, and um, the preaching and, and stuff like that. So I got a lot of exposure uh, with Pastor Adams during that time. Okay, great. So that was the first hump you have to get you had to get over. Now we're going to talk about the next hump you had to get over. So you got over the first hump, which was going from a new convert, a lay Christian serving in the church to now God's called you to ministry at this conference. You're serving God. You you haven't completely left plumbing. You do some side jobs, but your focus now is being an assistant pastor, working along Pastor Adams. Then now there is another call, and this call has you leaving Nassau to go to another island. So give us a little bit of that story and that background to what actually happened during that time. Okay, yes. So now that I'm the assistant pastor at church, um, we, we're still putting a lot of emphasis on missions, still putting a lot of emphasis on marriage. And of course, I like to say the 3M's music, keeping all of those in perspe right perspective. So we would have had mission conferences over the years. And of course, going over the soul winning team and discipling and teaching Sunday school class. Every time mission conference come around, um, that would be something that would interest me. Uh, you know, it seemed like the Lord was prodding me to, you know, hey, take up, take up the call and go to the mission field. And so, you know, we talked about it. I talked about to my wife about it. And then I surrendered to the call to be a missionary. And so I prayed about, I told pastor about it. And, and uh, of course, he encouraged me along the way. And the Lord just put one island on my mind. Amazingly, the Lord called me and he told me where to go. And so he told me to go to San Salvador. And what I did was I, we spoke with um, another two families of the church that we always hang out together, play basketball together, go soul winning together. And I told them what, I felt like the Lord was calling me to do. And of course, uh, they consented that they would come too. So we came down to the island and we, we looked at the island. We looked at some property. The Lord provided where we were able to buy some property. And then um, we, amazingly enough, I, I don't know if I could recommend this to everybody, but we actually took out a little loan to put a little um, cottage on the property so that we can have some place to live when we came down here. But to... Not a long story short, the Lord provided the funds. Um, we were able to buy some material. The men in the church came down and, and we put up, we started here in San Salvador in a little house, 15 feet by 20 feet. And But we came and we were here. And so the move, as far as that is concerned, was we surrendered. The Lord provided, the Lord guided. And um, when we left Nassau, Pastor Adams gave us a letter stating that um, we were connected with New Testament Baptist Church. And the letter stated that, you know, having displayed various gifts, they believe um, our, how should I say it, confession, our testimony that the Lord had called us um, to go out and start a church. Now, start a church rather. Now, let me just say this. Um, during one of the ministries that we had at New Testament Baptist Church was called a satellite ministry. 
And so when we go okay. soul winning on, when we go soul winning on Saturdays, the area we worked, we would have picked up folk who we would have witnessed to on Saturday and we would bring them to our house before we have our main service at New Testament Baptist Church. So we were having like this little satellite church at our house where we were before service on Sunday morning at the main church. And so we had a little bit of experience of bringing people to church and, and um, you know, starting something like that. And so we all that was part of the training. So when we went to San Salvador um, to start to go soul winning and sharing the gospel. And I don't know how far you want me to go, but when we got here, we went out sharing the gospel. And as we were out sharing the gospel, amazingly enough, Brother Kwame, the church, New Testament Baptist Church and Baptist Bible Church, their, their wings had spread so far and they touched so much people that as I was going through the community, um, some folk were saying to me, Brother Gary, and I said, Brother Gary, I said, uh, how do you know me? And they said, we used to be bus kids and come down to New Testament and we used to wow. be with you in the church under the tent. And then also in going soul winning, we found adults, some adults who um, used to go to Baptist Bible but had relocated to San Salvador and um, they became a part of the church. And so it's amazing, you know, Lord send you out here not only to win souls, but also to bring people who had already um, saved um, back together so that we can be a light here on the island of San Salvador. That's great. That's excellent. That is excellent. My, my question goes back a little bit further. And I want to find out, you mentioned when you were at the meeting, when God called you to ministry the, the first time, you were swaying back and forth in the seat. There was, uh, you know, there was a little bit more trepidation. Was it the same when now you knew that you were actually going to be leaving the island? Or was it more confidence and more maturity? Or was it still a, a fear that you had to face during, during this now second, quote unquote, second time God's calling you to move and leave? Yeah, yeah. There was a fear. And, and it was basically the same fear, finances. That, that was always something on the front of my mind. I mean, I the, the verse of scripture that I normally use, even when I was being ordained, they say, how do you know that this is what the Lord wanted you to do? And of course, I went to Matthew 28 and quoted the scriptures from 18 to 20, the Great Commission. So the Great Commission was always on my mind. And even the part where it says, I will be with you always, that was something that I took and held on to even when we used to go soul winning in Nassau. You know, sometimes you'd go in those areas that are really rough areas and and fear would try to come up. But once you say, Jesus said, I'll be with you always, it's always seemed like the fear subsided. Sometimes we would go to yards with dogs in it. And we'll walk right in the yard um, because we know that Jesus was with us. So that aspect of it, the protection aspect of it was not a problem. But somehow that finances was still something that we were concerned about. Hmm. Now, why would that have been something that we were concerned about? Well, when I started to work for New Testament, the salary that I got coupled with my wife's salary that she was making, it pretty much evened out to the same that I was making before I surrendered okay. full-time Christian work. And, but, but it didn't sink in yet. But I can remember specifically having that fear. And my family, not my wife and my children had that fear, but some of my family members would say were saying that, boy, you're leaving your job and you're going and how you're going to survive. And I can always remember saying this, the same God who took care of me in Nassau is the same God who will take care of me in San Salvador. Amen. Amen. And uh, so we came out on that, on that, on that premise and brother Kwame, I can tell you the Lord has provided. 
That's, that's not something that I am concerned about anymore. But all I know is stepping out in faith and trusting him to provide my daily needs, to provide whatever I need um, to get the ministry done here. Um, I stepped out and the Lord has shown himself strong on my behalf, on my family's behalf, um, all the way through. So I, I would even say to the younger men who might even be having that as a concern, listen, I can tell you by testimony that the Lord will provide for you wherever he guides you. And that's not a cliche. I have experienced that in living colors, you know, to use that phrase in my life and in the ministry here on San Salvador. Praise the Lord. Great, great. So this is, I, I hope it's been as good for everyone else as it's been for, for myself and just hearing this testimony and some great reminders God will provide and, and just answering the call of God. So let's say now, Pastor Hannah, there is, um, and, and I, I want to be very careful because I'll be honest with you, when we think, when I think firstly of the call of God, I usually think of some teenager, some young adult, but to be very honest, God could call someone in their 50s, 60s, or 70s. There, there's no, I, I believe God is no respect of person. So uh, I want to be careful how I say this. So let's say there is a person, male or female, that God is calling and they say, hey, I believe that God is calling me to do something specific, whether missions work, whether something of that nature, pastoral, what, what have you. What are some things that they can do now that they are sensing this call on their life? You would say, hey, here are some, here are a few things, a few thoughts, now that you kind of sense, hey, this is God calling me to do something specific for him. Okay, yes, thank you, Brother Kwame, for that question. Um, yeah, I really agree with you that God could call you at any age and you don't have to be a young adult, so to speak, because I can remember when I got the call to come to the mission field, I was 32 and within a year, I was on the mission field. Now, once you sense the call of God upon your life, first thing I'll tell you to share, share it with your pastor, share it with your pastor. And then when you share it with your pastor, start making preparation, allow him to assist you, allow him to give you some instructions um and start making preparation like i said i was the assistant pastor of the church when i got the call to be a missionary my wife was um of course working in the bank and we all had now had to shift our priority and start planning to go um one of the things that i always remember uh, during that time we had a missionary he called himself a missionary encourager he's an elderly gentleman in the 60s by the name of john crabb and he would preach to our mission conference from time to time. And I remember him saying, many people in the pew are willing to go, but planning to stay. Wow. Say that again. Say that again. Many of you out there in the pew are willing to go to the mission field, but you're planning to stay. And I understand that to mean you are not planning to go. You, you say and you're willing, but what are you planning to do? Are you, are you still planning to follow your own dreams? Um, is what you believe the will of God is for your life? Is that some side plan? Um, no, start making specific plans to go. And I, and I think about it. Um, at that stage in my life, I, I didn't have any, an opportunity to go to Bible college. Uh, we had no desire to go to Bible college at that stage in our life, um, being professionals in our rank, um, having our children, having a mortgage and all that stuff. It was just not packing up to go to Bible college. So, of course, all the training that I got in church, um, that worked for me. However, I would always recommend that you go and get some training, especially if you're in your early adulthood, 
go to a Bible college, get some training and discipline, build yourself up some discipline. That's the main thing. Um, I, I think we get out of Bible college, all the doctrine and stuff, that's, that's fine, but you have to be disciplined, learn some stickability, build some intestinal fortitude, um, just get strong and stick with things. And so I'd encourage you along that, that line. But I'll say plan to go. Let your whole idea, I mean, your whole will be connected with the idea of God has called me and I'm working toward that end. And I mean, we just got consumed. We would have meetings on plan to go. Um, I can remember us planning to come down and look at property. I can remember when we heard that we could get some loans at a, at a really good rate. Um, planning, I remember um, us planning, say when we can set the date for our, handing our resignations. You, you just have to plan, plan, plan to go. And so that's the advice. If, if you sense the call of God upon your life, start planning to go because time can just go so fast and pass by and you don't ever get to where God wants you to be. Mm, that's a great thought. Great thoughts. Uh, I love that. Just to plan your next move and you say, okay, this is, we, we all kind of have our plan when we're growing up, we wanted to be this, we want to be that. I, I'll share this little joke. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a fire engine uh, until, they, until they told me, no, you need to be a fireman. So, but you know, you have these plans and so you, you work towards it, you get all these things together and then God comes in, God steps in and he says, no, I want you to do this. Well, with the same energy, you were planning to do the thing that you wanted to do from childhood or when you graduate college or when you graduated high school, it's now planning towards it. I think that's an excellent idea. I think that's very simple very plain. Um, if you believe God's calling you to the mission field, start looking up some countries where there are no missionaries and start praying for those countries. Um, start praying, speaking to, to different people in your community uh, and reaching them, you know, and, and different things of that nature. So I think that was some excellent ideas, Pastor Hannah. Well, Pastor Hannah, we've gone through a, a several things here, but now we, I guess you call this, this, this is the dessert part of the interview. And um, so the question now is, you've answered the call years ago, what are some of the benefits that you can see over the last 25 years at Lighthouse? But to be quite honest, even before that, um, when you answered the call before you even left the island of Nassau, what are some benefits that you have seen or are seeing from answering the call? Well, first thing I'll say is spiritual growth for me. Um, I sort of listed some things that I had in mind. Um, first of all, I'd like to say, one of the greatest benefits a person can have by answering the call and going to where God wants you to be, and this is what I've experienced in San Salvador, peace of mind. Peace of mind. Um, I, I, I have no regrets as to whether I make or made the right, right decision. Um, I have peace of mind. I, I have no regret as to whether I'm in God's will because that is something true. Intimate um, meditation with him and fellowship with him uh, he sort of show you, shows you that you are where he is. And um, there's no greater greater benefit than peace of mind. Also, um, you know, just from, from a practical point of view, um, I, I've experienced God's provision. You, you remember I would have said earlier that our family was concerned as to what we were giving up as opposed to what we were going to. Uh, and I can say the God of Nassau, is the God of San Salvador. Amen. Amen. My Amen. God over there, and he's my God 
over here. So he has provided for us. We, we are well taken care of. And so there was never a day when we were hungry. And I think I just need to add this. When we were leaving, we had just got a mortgage for a duplex apartment. And we were only in that part apartment for a year. But since we came, we never missed a payment. You can imagine losing all of your uh, monthly income as far as the jobs you, job you had. Right. But the Lord provided where that place has been paid off. Never, ever missed a payment God provided. And along the same time, he, he provided a home here for us. And so God has provided. That's another benefit. And I, I connect all this with coming to the mission field. We're going to get down to the church in a little while. I have also seen God's protection. That's, that's a fruit, folks. The first, the second month that we were on the island of San Salvador, a hurricane passed through here. And um, we lost um, a, a part of, of the houses that were here. But we saw the Lord's strength to break down and we saw the Lord's strength to build up. But the main thing I want to get across out of this one is we saw his ability to protect. If you saw the destruction that occurred around us the second month that we were here and we came through that safe, I saw the Lord protected us. And over the years, many hurricanes have passed through many different dangers and uh, I, I, along the toil. As, as part along the trail has passed through and the Lord has protected us through it all. I, I take note of that. Um, also, of course, um, we saw the Lord honor his word. If you share the gospel, the gospel of the power of God and the salvation to them that believe, uh, we saw many souls come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw people baptized. We saw people join the church. Um, yes, and then also, this is something that I, I am so thankful for. Um, I have a godly family. I, I'm Amen. thankful that I was an example. My wife and I was an example to our children by listening to God. Thank God that both of our children got saved. Yari, our eldest, got saved before he came to San Salvador. Gavin got saved down here during vacation Bible school from a group that came from South Carolina. So I thank God that they're saved. I thank God that they're serving. And that's like one of the top things on my list. I want my God to be my children's God. And I thank God that they are saved. Also, I want to thank God, um, as far as fruit is concerned, is over the course of my time on the mission field, my faith has built has been built so much um, as I watch God show himself strong on behalf of myself, on behalf of the church members, on even and providing for the church. It's amazing. The story, if I tell the story about how we got the church building, how God provided in so many different ways. It's just oodles and oodles of stories of God's blessing. But then also one of the fruit is, you know, on the island, we have these little different settlements and um, the children in the settlement have become my children. So it's like God gave me a family. Hmm. I left the family in Nassau and God gave me a family. God gave me some moms. God gave me some brothers and sisters. God gave me some children. And I just thank God to be in the ministry. Then when it comes to the church members, um, God gave me some wonderful people to work with. Um, see, see, these are the blessings that um, needs to be pointed out. Because when you come out, one of the first things you get to sense is loneliness. And I can remember sometimes when I'd come back to Nassau and come back to our home church. And it was almost like getting back inside a holy huddle using a football term you know when the when the guys get together to i like that 
Um, so yeah, so that's that's what it was when I would come back home. And as the years went on and the church grew, it was almost like I was on like two football teams. Um, I had an, a group to huddle around over here and I had a group to huddle around over there. And so you get to experience the one another of Christian fellowship. And so those are some of the blessings that I can think about and the fruits that I can think about. And Brother Kwame, I'm just glad to be in God's will. I'm glad to know that I'm doing what he has called me to do. And I'm glad to experience him enabling me one day at a time to get accomplished what he sent me out here to do. Well, Pastor Hannah, I think that is um, some wonderful, excellent thoughts that you gave us. I think you summed up everything great. And I believe, hopefully, that this podcast could influence someone. It might be when it's right when it's posted, or it could be maybe 10 years down the road if Jesus doesn't come, that it can encourage someone who might be struggling or fighting or just really confused about what is God's call for their life. And so I just want to thank you for taking the time. Thank you for um, what you went through. Thank you for being an example of someone who answers the call and even you know, uh, watching you and watching your life and seeing your family make the decision to leave Nassau. And, and for those who don't know, Nassau is like the big city and uh, San Salvador is, is kind of like the country, you know, it's not a lot going on, but to see God use you in that area and to, to see that we could still have the relationship that we have, even though you're away. Uh, I just thank God for it. Thank God for you and your family. And thank God for taking the time for the interview of the Good Success Podcast. And may God richly bless you Mrs. Hannah, your family, your boys, and or those men, I can't call them boys no more, those men, and your church, and your community with the gospel and the blessings of Jesus Christ. So thank you, sir. Yeah, and thank you, Brother Kwame, and to God be the glory, great things he has done. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you received some tremendous thoughts about the call of God on your own life. If you have not yet sensed a specific calling, I want to encourage you, Work on your personal spiritual maturity, your devotion time, your prayer life. Work on those things privately and also get actively involved in your local church and serve your local church and your community. Then I would also encourage you from, from this podcast tonight to listen, to, to really listen for when God will speak in that still small voice to call you to the specific task that he has for you. And then, when God calls, plan to answer. That thought stays with me. That, that quote stays with me. Many people are willing to go, but they are not planning to go. So once you could sense the calling of God, plan your life to head in that direction. And of course, get help from pastors and spiritual leaders in your life and allow them to come alongside you and help you with this calling. And finally, I hope all of us can experience the bountiful blessings of God when we answer the call of God. Thank you for joining me in this episode. I truly hope you gained wisdom to prosper. Please subscribe to this podcast to get the latest episodes. I'm Kwame Selber, signing off hoping that your life is filled with good success.